guys, it's Betty with Eye Specialty Group. We're going to have a conversation with Dr. Andrew Carruthers today about our corneas. Dr. Carruthers, I know that it's part of the eye, but I'm not sure quite where it is and what it does. Can you just explain to our listeners what that is, what the cornea is? Yeah, so the, I normally describe to my patients that the cornea is the, the very front surface of the eye, or it's kind of like the window into the eye. Um, more technically, it's it's the very front surface in the very center of the eye. So when you're looking at the eye and you see the white, well, that's not the cornea. The cornea is clear mm -hmm. in front of your the colored part of your eye. So your iris is the colored mm -hmm. part of the eye, whatever color your iris is, right. blue, green, brown. Um, the cornea is in front of that. You sh really shouldn't be able to see the cornea itself, typically, though you can sometimes see a reflection off mm -hmm. of the cornea, just like you would a window. Mm -hmm. And that cornea, the, really the key to the cornea is it needs to be clear um, to let the light in because mm -hmm. that's one of the main things it does. Right. And then it also helps with focusing the light. So if, any, if either of those things aren't working, so if it's not clear or it's not focusing the light, then you have to uh, do something to fix that. Mm -hmm. um, it depends exactly what's going on, what you, what you need to do. Sometimes, like if it's not focusing the light, for example, if it's just that you have a big prescription, well, glasses or contacts or refractive surgery like LASIK mm -hmm. can, can help to focus the light. If it's not focusing it because you have a condition where you have a, a lot of astigmatism or mm -hmm. especially a lot of what we call irregular astigmatism. Mm -hmm. And again, astigmatism just... To simplify it, kind of just means that the light isn't all focusing at the same spot because it the cornea is not perfectly round. So it's like a cone shape versus a round basketball, right? Well, well, it can become cone shaped in some people. So there's conditions like what we call keratoconus, where where instead of being more round like a normal mm -hmm. cornea, where it becomes more cone shaped, and when mm -hmm. it does, then the light just doesn't want to focus mm -hmm. well, and so. Sometimes we have to we have to address that because a person has too much astigmatism. Mm -hmm. um, there are different ways to do that. So there's lots of different corneal procedures. The sort of classic solution, if your cornea wasn't uh, clear or it wasn't focusing the light because you had keratoconus or some other condition, mm -hmm. uh, was to do a corneal transplant, or what we would call a penetrating keratoplasty. Okay. And the reason I say that is, it's, is the classic one would be a full thickness transplant, where you remove kind of the center of the cornea and you put on a new center of a cornea from a donor. Same way, you know, as a kidney transplant or mm -hmm. any other, other transplant. Mm -hmm. um, and shockingly, I think it's shocking, um, corneal transplants have actually been done for a really long time, in the early 1900s, um, there were corneal transplants being done. Now, they, didn't, they weren't as successful as they are now, mm -hmm. but they were a lot more successful than you might expect, you know, over 100 years ago. Um, obviously, things have evolved a lot since then, right. um, techniques and various things. But there are still some patients for whom the only solution to their cornea, either having too much astigmatism and not focusing the light or being cloudy and, and not letting the light in mm -hmm. is to do a transplant. So sometimes we, we have to do those. Sometimes um, the cornea also, um, nowadays though, sometimes we don't have to do the full thickness transplant. 
So depending on why the cornea is cloudy, sometimes you can just do a partial thickness transplant. Most commonly, this is just the back layer of the cornea, the very back, or you could think of it as the inside layer mm -hmm. of the cornea, mm -hmm. has a layer of cells that don't reproduce. So the number of cells you're born with is the most you'll ever have. And they decrease over time in all of us, but in some of us, they kind of wear out mm -hmm. and they don't do their job anymore. And a big part of their job is to kind of pump fluid out of the cornea. So it's kind of drying the cornea out. You can mm -hmm. think of it like a sponge to keep it nice mm -hmm. and compact. If those cells aren't working, then like a sponge, the cornea swells. Mm -hmm. But when it swells, it gets cloudy. So again, the problem is that the cornea is cloudy, but it's for a very specific reason because those cells aren't working. So in those patients, we can go in and we can just remove basically those cells and the layer they sit on, which is is a, is a special membrane called decimase membrane. And we can actually just replace that. Mm -hmm. We can put back in donor tissue that is just those cells and decimase membrane and put it back into position. Mm -hmm. um, and the benefit of that is there's a quicker recovery. Usually the vision is better, mm -hmm. um, quicker after the surgery. And there's less risk of, of rejection. Um, there's always some risk of rejection, but because you're implanting less tissue, there's less chance of your body recognizing that it's not yours and, and attacking it. So there's benefits in, in doing that. Mm -hmm. There are, though, still some patients who have scars or other things in the cornea because if you get an infection, for example, or you have trauma to the eye, mm -hmm. that can leave a, a scar. Mm -hmm. um, so in those patients, sometimes... At that point, if, the, if it's not just that those cells are working, well, then just replacing those cells won't do the job. So sometimes those patients need a, a full thickness transplant um, still. So signs and symptoms, if you're the patient, might be? Well, um, because there's lots of things that can cause the corneal problems, um, for specific ones that, you know, there's, there's classic ones that can be very specific. So for those patients who that back layer of cells isn't working, classically, they'll have blurry vision in the morning that kind of gets better as the day goes along. Okay. Now, there are other things that can do that, too. You know, you won't know that unless you have a doctor look at your eye and kind of mm -hmm. see what's going on. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of an uh, unusual pattern that doesn't happen a lot, except for in those, those cases. Um, but in most of them, there will be some level of your vision's just not good. You're struggling to see the things you need to see, um, and and that's what would cause you to, to come in and seek care so that we can mm -hmm. get things better. And other than an injury to the cornea, do patients that present with true, you know, issues with the cornea that's not anything else like a cataract that or LASIK or any, for younger patients, um, is there an age range? Does it tend to happen in older patients or does it does it not really matter if it's a congenital, like if you weren't born with enough cells? Yeah, you can't. So you can be born with conditions that affect the cornea even, even when as okay. a newborn. That's rare, but it can happen. Mm -hmm. More commonly, what we do transplants more commonly are for things as people get older. Okay. For example, those cells wearing out um, people who have that happen, they either just have a condition where they have cells that wear out quicker. We call that Fuchs dystrophy. Um, and they can have that happen in their 40s or their 50s or their 60s. Mm -hmm. But 
as they get older, it's going to be more common. Um, also, if you've just had a lot of different surgeries for, for whatever mm-hmm. reason in the eye, that can also cause those cells to kind of wear out quicker because okay. they can be damaged from the surgeries. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that again, it could be young if you had something else you needed a lot of surgeries for. But most people, it's more common to get surgeries as we get older and kind of problems develop and you need them later in life. So again, it's more and more common as people get older that they'd need it, though it, it can happen at any age. So you've talked about, I'm assuming it's done in a surgery suite and not in a, in a procedure room at one of your offices. So um, is there any type of special medication a patient might need to take because they are receiving a donor, donor tissue? Yeah. So we, with the surgery, people will be on um, the same type of drops initially that we'd use for, for cataract surgery and any others, mm-hmm. such as an antibiotic to mm-hmm. lower the risk of infection. They'll also be on a steroid drop and then a drop that's kind of like a topical ibuprofen type mm-hmm. of drop. Mm-hmm. Both of those are going to help with just comfort and, and healing and recovery after the surgery. Mm-hmm. The steroid, though, especially in corneal transplants, is especially important because that's really what helps lower the risk of your body rejecting the tissue. So okay. when we talk about um, patients who have kidney transplants mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. organ transplants in the other parts of the body, they're usually on um, some sort of oral systemic medicine mm-hmm. to help lower the risk of rejection. And a lot of times it starts off with steroids and then they switch them to something else that steroids, oral steroids have lots of side effects. So mm-hmm. they don't like to leave people on oral steroids long term if they mm-hmm. can avoid it. Mm-hmm. So they usually try and wean them off and get them onto something else. We're lucky in the eye in that the cornea is not supposed to have blood vessels, mm-hmm. at least not in most of it, just kind of mm-hmm. out around the very edge. Mm-hmm. And so when we transplant the cornea, we don't have to typically, there are rare exceptions, but we typically don't have to use um, systemic drugs, oral medicines and that sort of thing to reduce the risk of rejection. We can just use topical um, steroids. Early on, people have to use them pretty often. Mm-hmm. As we get further out from the original surgery, we usually can wean them down lower and lower levels. A lot of times we get patients down to where they're just kind of doing one steroid drop a day. Mm -hmm. And obviously not everyone, but most patients uh, do really well with just that amount of of drop or or treatment. So it's very minimal. So um, post-operative side effects, how how soon would a patient see uh, better Increased vision. Yeah. So they may see better very quickly, though it depends on the type of transplant. Those full thickness transplants, the vision recovery is is usually slower. Now, depending on how bad it was to start, they may be able to tell right away that it's better than it was. Right. But it's still probably not going to be really good or where, where it's going to end up as a final vision for a lot of times six months or more. Because when we do a full thickness transplant, one of the things we have to do is we have to suture the tissue in place. And each of those throws of a suture kind of creates tension. And you can think about, I played drums growing up, you can think about a drum head. Mm -hmm. Each of the the lugs creates a tension. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, one's tighter than another, then it it creates distortion Mm -hmm. and creates that astigmatism again. So... 
even if the cornea is clear within just a few weeks of the surgery, mm -hmm. you can still, because of the astigmatism, have a lot of blurriness. So a lot of times we're adjusting those sutures for a while after the surgery um, until we get to a stable place where the, we've really minimized that astigmatism um, to where hopefully glasses um, or contacts will get that vision really, really good. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. If you would like to schedule an evaluation with Dr. Andrew Carruthers, please call our office at 901-685-2200.